here we go. Welcome to this edition of the Showcase and College Baseball Podcast, powered by College Recruit Prep. I'm your host, Ross Hawley, and I want to thank you for spending some time with us, wherever you might be watching or listening from. If this is your first time uh, with us, welcome. Go give us a follow on our Facebook group page at Showcase and College Baseball, or visit us on the World Wide Web at collegerecruitprep.com. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Tim Huber, the head baseball coach of the Augustana University Vikings out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Entering his 16th season at Augustana, Coach Tim Huber has an overall record of 547 and 256. He's got a conference record of 347 and 127. Whew, that's a 681 win percent uh, win percentage overall and a 732 win percentage in conference. Let me put that a different way for all you high school baseball players out there listening to this. If you get recruited by Coach Huber, then you get to play for Coach Huber. Get used to winning because you're going to win seven out of every 10 games you play under this guy. Sign me up for that. Coach Huber's guided the Vikings to seven NCAA postseason tournaments, three NSIC tournament championships. And in 2018, he brought home the first national championship in the program's history. Bottom line, this dude knows how to recruit. He knows how to coach and he knows how to win. Here's my interview with Tim Huber, head baseball coach at Augustana University. All right. Hey, Tim Huber, head baseball coach at Augustana University, man. Uh, Tim and I go way back, but man, I, I'm, I'm so excited to be talking with you today, Tim, uh, and about the college recruiting process and kind of what you, uh, you know, gain your insight and your thoughts. So, uh, I just kind of want to open it up and 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 I'll say this. Uh Tim Huber, Augustana University Division II national champion 2018. They went to the series last year, and this dude is a uh, a two-time national coach of the year. So his advice and and his insight, man, we're looking forward to, to hitting it. How you doing today, Tim? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate having me on. And it's probably a little warmer down your way where uh, we've had a cold snap up here in South Dakota, but uh, yeah. it's, it's still baseball season inside the dome when we're practicing. You know, Heck yeah. you don't know any Heck different. Yeah. That, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, it got down to like five below down here in Dallas. So well, there you go, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, so, it's so, cold. So, every, it's cold everywhere, but yeah, it's it's still baseball season. I don't care what it is. That's right. Hey, hallelujah. You know, you know, we have to have nice facilities up here to be able to get anything done. So that that helps. That's right, man. Uh, Augustana University, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls is, to me, man, I think it is one of the gems of the Midwest. I love Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, Augustana University, uh, one of the best athletic departments in Division II, in my opinion. Um, you guys, we got they got national champions coming left and right. Uh, one of the most respected schools, athletic departments in the country. Talk on that a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, the pride you take in being the head baseball coach at Augustana. Yeah, it's been, it's been a nice run. I mean, like you said, not just our program, we've had a lot of sports here, have a, a lot of success uh, in recent years. And we, we just added division one hockey, which is kind of a unique and cool thing going on They're They're going to open up a, I think it's $70 million building right across the street, whatever that's going to be they're, We take occupancy here this week and they're kicking it off with a couple with games in a couple of weeks. So that that's exciting, but yeah, the, the success, of our university across all our sports has been really, really impressive. There's some, you know, national rankings that we get put into every year because of uh, overall athletic department success. And then, yeah, from a baseball standpoint, we're, we've been in a, in a sweet spot here um, since really the, probably a little bit before 2018 when we won won the whole thing. Um, but but even since then, we've been, been really good and made it back last year. And in a year, we maybe didn't think we would. And Sioux Falls, you, you hit the nail on the head. Sioux Falls is a big reason for that. Um, just the growth in the this is my 16th year the, the 15 years I've been in town it's it's incredible it really has uh, grown a ton we're one of the, the biggest growing cities of, of our size and in, in, the, in the entire country you know here in South Dakota and a lot of people don't know uh, what South Dakota is like it's there's certainly a lot of farming but Sioux Falls is different you know we're over 200,000 people and a lot of stuff going on here it's it's been it's been pretty cool to be be around uh, the, the growth that's happening. Man, that's awesome. Um, I I I know going into this season, expectations are probably high as they usually are. I know you guys finished the season last year in uh, in carry at the World Series, uh, finished the season uh, ranked number eight in the country. Um, 
Talk to me a little bit about your expectations going into the season. I know you guys start off, I believe it's February 23rd uh, against Regis. Talk to me a little bit about your um, your insights and your your expectations for the season. Yeah, it's a little later than normal for us. Usually we kick off right that early early February week, but um, just kind of how the schedule played out this year and, 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 and you know putting things together on paper, we're starting later, but um, it gives us more time. I, I think this is it's kind of ironic because last year with a young team, I would have rather had more time, but we played over in Hawaii last year, kind of kind oh, yeah. of a cool trip. Fourth time we've taken a group over there. It's always exciting to do that. But but that February first date came really fast with some young players, and, yeah, no um, and we weren't ready for it. We didn't play well. Uh, we, we struggled out of the gates, and I thought it might have kicked us in the butt and not might have been screwed up our opportunity to get into the postseason. And our guys kind of persevered and got through it, and and we made a run at the end, obviously. But um, this year's team is is very different. We're really experienced. Um, we return all nine position players, starters, every single guy. And, and wow. then there's a couple backups that I think are going to probably start for us this year, potentially, and, and, and bump out guys that started last year on a World Series team. So um, that that's kind of there's some good depth there. I think we're going to be more offensive. Uh, we lost a stud on the mound, Seth Miller, who is, I always say, he's kind of my on my Mount Rushmore pitchers that I've ever coached. Um, wow. he, just, he was that guy you just give the ball to and you just sit and dug out and wait till he's done pitching. You know, it's kind of one of those deals. And, Love that. Um, but, but, yeah, so we're going to miss him. Outside of that, we have all of our pitchers back as well. Our, our closer led the country in saves last year with 14. Um, we've got some good guys at, at, at the front end of the rotation. I, I think our middle relief is going to be solid. So, yeah, yes, expectations. You know, you don't win games on paper, but we'll, um, we're certainly going to be prepared and expect – our guys are going to expect to have a chance to go back, whether we can play well at the end of the year or not, who knows. But we're going to be – we're in a good position. We're just – again, I, I keep telling people – we're in such a good spot with our program right now. It's it's been a been a nice little run since 2018 all the way to now. And we graduated. The, there's a bunch. There's a handful of freshmen. You know, one of them, JT Mix, is a, is a Dallas yeah. kid. Uh, Mixie was a freshman on our, our national championship team in 2018, and you know, so his class graduated in 2022. Wow. And there was there was three freshman starters that made it through as seniors, and a couple other really talented guys. So we 2022 goes. We make it to a super regional, get beat by Southern Arkansas, and we thought, oh, that was kind of a nice run, and let's see what happens here in last year, 2023. And sure enough, we we made it back to the World Series. So yeah, we're we're in a good we're in a good place. You know what? Before I get into all the recruiting questions, because this is for uh, our, our showcase college baseball group, our showcase college baseball podcast, I gotta know this, and I know you're an extremely humble dude, so I, I gotta I gotta ask you this though. There's something about what you're doing with the places that you've been at and the winning that happens. And so many people are trying to find that, like that secret sauce in your opinion. Why do you win so much? Why do you guys, why do your teams win so much? What do you think the secret sauce is? Oh, well, I mean, there's a lot, but I think it's process. You just got to put a process in place and, and trust what that looks like. And, you know, I've been coaching long enough now, and but, but you learn, you learn a little bit along the way. And, you know, I think it's like anything else. When, when you screw up, it's I tell our players this all the time. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw up. It's the same thing for coaches. You're going to screw up along the way. And you, you have to figure something out from those mistakes. And I think that, you know, myself, our staff, we've been fortunate enough to figure out what our mistakes have been. And we're doing things uh, significantly better now than we were 10, 12, 15 years ago. We, we just are. And so I think it's part of that, just the, the process we put in place, some of the stuff we did 15 years ago, we're still doing, right? So there's some good things, but there's a lot of new stuff. So I, I think that's just the age we live in. And there's so many opportunities out there to keep expanding your knowledge and your growth yeah. as a, as not only a coach, but our players, we tell them that as a person. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the secret sauce, the process and in, in what we go about doing, the type of person, you know, when you get into this recruiting discussion, the type of person that we are looking for, specifically yeah. at our school um you know and so i think i've i've been fortunate to put a good staff around me and and that's been a big piece of the puzzle but our development process i, I believe is really really good um because of the, the staff around me um and then just identifying the type of type of person that we need to bring into our program that fits academically and then and then the athletic piece to that puzzle and, and we we always tell guys for us we don't even if they're a transfer guy. We don't expect them to show up on our campus and be a finished product. That that's just not how it works here. Love that. We want them to want to have that growth mindset. And you know, it, it, usually like a freshman comes in, and sometimes we have guys that play early. We don't expect that, but if they do, great. Uh, but in a lot of times, our scenario, we had a, a kid by the name of Carter Howell. 
uh, who got signed by the Giants two years ago, but he redshirted his second year of college. He wasn't good enough yet. And oh, he's, he's a typical – Carter's a typical story for us that you come here and three years later people are like, who the heck is that guy? Nobody knew about him. Nobody recruited him. Wow. Next thing you know, they're, they're dudes. You know, So that that's that development process, which I think sets us apart – from some other places, you know, some guys, some programs can just get, you know, D, you know, at, for our level D one bounce backs that are really skilled and talented. We're not getting a ton of those up here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so some of those schools in the South that we go play, it's like, Holy cow, they got all these guys running out there, just big physical yeah. dudes that didn't like their experience somewhere else. So they go to those schools and we have to, our guys come in as, as freshmen typically and develop in a program and they look different in a couple of years. Man, I, Tim, I could go down that road for, five hours. I'm not going to, but I, I, it's what I miss so much about college sports. I mean, as a, as a, I think we're both fans of, of the game of baseball and we're fans of sports in general. And I think as a, like a, as a fan of college sports, you like college sports because there's like loyalty and there's, there's year and year and year and year. We're supposed, uh, supposed to. And, 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 and I mean, is that kind of a, is that kind of a, how has that affected you guys? Has it affected you? I love knowing that you guys are all about developing. Um, but is, is that, how are you guys dealing with that? No, it's, that's an awesome, it's something I should point out, you know, in the world we're living in the transfer portal and all that stuff, you look across the landscape of our level, okay. Division two baseball. I can look at all the teams that were at the world series last year, teams within our conference that some really talented players, their best guys are all leaving. They're going to the, these, these division one schools. Some of them are good division ones. Some are not good division ones, you know, but again, we just, for me, it's looking at the individual and the right type of person. And we haven't had, I, I keep saying, we haven't had a guy leave our program that we've wanted to leave our program. There's been a couple odds and ends dudes that have gone into the portal and gone somewhere else, but the guys that we want here, they stay here. The guys that have, you know, we've had a ton of professional athletes come through our program. Now we're over 30 just in the last like, 11, 12 years do you think those guys could have played division one baseball? Yeah, absolutely. But they, they choose to be part of what we're doing. So again, I, one comment I make is that, so, so this goes back to what you said earlier. I think part of the reason we've continued to have success is we're retaining our guys. Like our studs are staying here. They're not, Hey, we helped them get better. And now I'm better and bigger. And you know, then Augustine, I'm going to go somewhere else. And for me, the message a lot of times, and I think this is a lot of kids need to look in the mirror and I just ask, is this about you or is this about we? What are we doing here? Mm. You know? And yeah. for me, that's a big message for us, for our players. This isn't about you, man. This is about all of us and what it looks like. And so we, we've been fortunate, I, I think, because of how we go about our business, the type of kid, type of person we have here. They like what's going on. They want to stay. They, they're, they're just not looking to jump ship. And I think you see that now. I, I talk to people even that I know fairly well, and they go into the recruiting process. Well, I'll just go to this school and if, if I get better along the way, then I'll, I'll go to a better school. Wow. That's not how it's supposed to look, you know, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't situations where you maybe should leave and go somewhere else. Cause I, I get it. There's maybe bad experiences and what have you, but I just don't, I don't love that whole process. I think it's a broken, broken situation. I don't know what's going to change anytime soon. And want to talk about getting down the rabbit hole. I could go on down the rabbit hole on this one in a while. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Well, let, let's let's kind of. I want to let me, my, my first question that, that I have that I kind of have for you in terms of recruiting is, um, I want to know what what it says. If you can see that on the screen, is when do you typically start um, really watching and recruiting guys? Because I know um, the, the the new rule, the new Division One rule, August one, right before of September or August one of junior year is when. Uh, recruiting can happen now. Um, so from a division two perspective, and you're talking about really developing guys, when do your eyeballs get on guys and you say, Hey, I'm really interested in somebody like that. What's that all about? Well, yeah, boy, there's a lot, a lot of layers to that question. So, I, I mean, to me, boy, I, I've got some buddies now that either I, I played with in high school or uh, that I played with in college who have some, some sons that are getting to this recruitable age, right? I'm, I'm that old. We're that old. Man, no kidding. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, it's funny because, you know, as, as they get into their ninth grade year, some of these kids have not played high school baseball yet. And, and again, some of my buddy's kids are really talented and they're going to all these camps out there at these big schools, power five sec. And I, I'm just kind of like, man, it, Hey, slow down, just pump the brakes a little bit. Like you said, uh, there, there are some good things going on in division one recruiting, or they're supposed to be anyways, whether coaches are following it or not, there's, 
there's all these workarounds that are out there and you know they talk to the travel and club coach and you're still seeing commitments way back in you know freshman sophomore year of high school right so i mean come on i i just again that's another system that needs to get fixed a little bit but what that looks like i I don't know i don't need to deal with it thankfully but um again to, to, to really truly circle back to your question for us I think it's the time frame you're referencing is when we really look close at players as they get into that the junior summer um we start at least identifying people you know that that some point in that junior summer we can our contact time frame is just slightly different than division one but it's not much different anymore and so the junior summer we can start reaching out to kids that are going to be or the rising junior year so the sophomores going into to junior year but but even for me and we're successful division two program we don't spend a ton of time with those guys because usually the way i put it is if we really like that kid chances are that at, at our level where we need to compete they're going to have some division one opportunities whether that yeah. division one's any good or not you know that's a whole nother story um but they're going to have some opportunities come up in front of them so we just need to give those kids a little bit more time let them sure. figure out as they get into the fall of their junior year even in the winter of their junior year like for me right now uh, we'll start working on our 25 class more seriously, meaning that the guys that are juniors, we're contacting them. We're starting to look at getting them to campus, identifying people that we like. And the reality is, like, we're not even – I'm not even making an offer to a kid in that class. There's no point for me to do it. Otherwise, they're just going to sit on it for months, you know. Why Why? why is that, Tim? Because that, 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 that leads me into my next is kind of walk me through that process. You've identi- identified them. I love that. That gives the kid time to just – breathe and be a baseball player but uh walk me through that typical process of of once a guy gets on your radar yeah so again i think for us and the and and you you can the division one coaches might answer this differently than me i I try to tell people to just slow down i always do you know you got to slow down that freshman sophomore year slow down there's no rush if if you're that guy you're going to look so much different than everybody else in your class in a recruiting process. Like you, sure. you're just going to go out there. I always say, so I think what happens sometimes, and I'm not, I'll answer, I'll answer your question in a second, Ross. I think what happens sometimes is people look at their kid and say, Oh, he's 13. He's throwing 82 miles an hour. It's like, who gives a tooth? Like what? I, great. Good for him. Yeah. But if, if, if he's 15 and he's throwing 90, that's different. That's really sure. different. Now you're a legitimate division one guy that the power five schools are going to look at. But if you're, if you're, if you're comparing relative to your age group, you're looking at it wrong. You know, you're not a guy at that level. Now you might turn into a guy at that level, right? In a year or two or whenever your body develops and all those things. But we get so caught up in the, again, as you get into that freshman, sophomore year, like who's recruiting me? Who are you talking to? Who cares? You know, it's only happening because there's those, those are elite kids that look so different and their bodies are mature and developed, or they aren't mature and developed yet. And they move so effortlessly at, at the, using velocity as an example, at the 85 mile an hour mark, they move so effortlessly. You can really look at that person. Um, so, so again, for me, the reason we don't make an offer too early is because, you know, again, we, we just want those kids to have the opportunity to look around a little bit. I, I don't, I think for me, there's always a red flag when some school says, Hey, here's your offer, make a decision, or we're going to move on. Yeah. And, well, I mean, at some point, every school has to get to that. Right. I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, it, it should be more of, Hey, we like you. Go look around, see what other schools are out there. See who you like. Are they interested in you? And compare and contrast. And mm. again, the longer I do this as a coach, we tell guys a lot. I want you to want us. I want you to want us yes. as much as we want you. Yes. It does. It just doesn't work very well if it's the other way around. If a coach does an awesome job of selling mm. their program, and they talk that that person into showing up on their campus, those are the guys that leave because they just don't know what they're getting into. Yeah. And that for us, so when we when we work really hard to find guys that really like us and want us, they just show up and go to work. Maybe there's more talent out there than that kid, but that dude's going to show up here and he's going to trust what we're doing and what we're saying. And so, so for all those reasons, when guys are in that the time frame you're talking about, um, that junior year, we just want them to go out there and see what the opportunities are. I I always tell kids in that class, hey, if if Vanderbilt moves on you or you name the the big Power Five school and you get an offer, good for you, dude. That's awesome. I'm going to be happy for you. You know, but the reality is when someone is in that, I always say the 16, 17 year old uh, kid and you're still a kid at that point, um, they're not looking for the number after the D to be a two. They're looking for the number after the D to be a one. And that's just the reality. And and it's okay. I understand that. We're all good with that. Those kids have no idea how good we are. They have no idea how talented the the players in our program are. And, And again, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So we just try to slow play that group a little bit. 
That 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 is a really good point. Um, I I remember talking with uh, former North Carolina coach Mike Fox one time, and he said, "Ross, I want when when a guy commits to us, I want him to be both feet in." T- to me, I was like, "Holy cow! That is complete. Se- that this dude is secure in his program. He's secure in his coaching. He knows what he's looking for. That's exactly what I asked you earlier. I said, "What's the secret sauce?" Maybe that might be part of the secret sauce. Is you guys know who you are. You're not. You know what kind of team you're going to have, regardless of who's saying no to you. Is that is that fair to say? Very fair. I've said this to some recruits, and it, it maybe it comes across egotistical. I don't mean it that way, but I, I'll tell some guys, hey, whether you show up or not, we're going to be good. Yeah. You know, I don't mean it to be negative when I say that. It just yes. we've proven that. That's the reality of it, you know. And and it's back to my point, like. In recruiting, there's that group A. Every school has it. Maybe the the different schools, the different talent level that you're looking at, but there's a group A. And you're looking at group A and you're doing what you can to, to show those guys what you've got going on. And But if group A says no to you, I always tell group A, that's okay. For whatever reason, you want to look at something else. Group B still has some talent. They show up here and we're going to yep. still be good with group B because group B, that dude wants to be here, you know? Yep. That's right. Group A, group A is like, why the hell am I here? I want to be somewhere else. Well, that doesn't work. Yeah, man. And, 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 and just the, the idea of, you said this earlier, uh, you want dudes that want you. Like I, I can't imagine I've never been a national champion, uh, but uh, I can't imagine, I, I can't even imagine it, man. Uh, but, but I can't imagine getting to that level without anything other than th- exactly those type of guys. You said JT mix earlier and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, that guy was all about Augustana and that's what it takes, right? To win. Yep. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, 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 and to go back, I, I didn't know what it looked like either until we got there, Ross, wow. until we got to the world series. I'm like, Oh, I guess we are okay. You know? And Oh, yeah. I guess we can win this thing. So you, <laughs> as they say, you don't know sometimes until you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the lines are razor thin um, in, in so many areas. Right. So like, in the recruiting world, the stuff we're talking about, it's its so, I always say this, it's so hard to tell a guy, hey, you fit at this level, or you're not good enough for that level or that yes. school. Like, man, you just you just don't know. You don't know where, where that person's going to end up. But but then on the flip side, we have to be realistic, you know? So it's, it's kind of a catch-22 to some extent where, you know, some people don't necessarily know, and that's what we're asking them to know is, is be realistic on where you should go. Well, they don't have a clue. So... Well, it's hard. It's really hard. I think there's that battle between, um, you know, the high school coaches, the travel coaches, uh, the college coaches trying to do their best to figure out maybe where somebody fits. But, but again, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. I've got, we all as coaches have stories of the guy that I didn't think was good enough. And he ends up being a a monster division one pro guy or the guy that, you know, you you thought was going to be a study shows up. You're like, Oh man, what did I miss? So yeah. And there's, there's a lot that goes, there's a lot that goes into it, but um, yeah, no, I, you got another question. Yeah, for let, me. Let, let me, well, I want to go right into this next question is, is um, cause I know, man, those lines are really blurry and I don't, I really don't know how you say, Hey, you're a D one guy. You're a D two. Like to me, when I say the guy's getting recruited by Augustana, when I hear that, I'm like, he's a dude, he's a dude, he's a dirt bag. He's got a skill set. And he's going to bust his tail and that he's going to be a really good player. And he's probably going to have a professional opportunity if he does what he's supposed to do. So that said, like what, when you're out on the recruiting trail, what physical qualities are you looking for? I know it probably varies from, from, from uh, position to position, but what in general are you, are you looking for? Yeah. So when we put a team together, there's a lot that goes into it. Some guys are the guy you're talking about. Some guys are the role guys, you know, they're uh, a lot of times, Hey, hey, you're a catcher, go, go run a team, be a great teammate, work your tail off. Um, you, you, you once in a while you get it to line up where the physical attributes meant match the other stuff that you're looking for. But um, so there's a variety of things that we're trying to put together. I, I think from a physicality standpoint, I, I, the example I use a lot is pitchers, just because it's easy. So many people focus on the numbers, you know, my spin rates, this, my velocities, that I, I do this with the baseball, whatever. Ah, I, I mean, largely, I don't care. I, I just don't. We've taken guys that have been 80 miles an hour and, and they've been monsters for us two, three years later. And, you know, the, the thing that's fun for me, um, everybody can tell the story of a guy that came in throwing 82 and, you know, three years later, he's throwing 92 and he's a pro guy. That, that's cool. I really like the guy that maybe we get 
in our program that somebody else in our conference passed on. Like in our conference, where we're historically been better the last four or five years than the other schools, and they pass on a guy. We take them, and then, again, they turn into a stud for us. That's pretty cool. Um, So the example with velocity and pitchers, um, I've heard it so many times when we're recruiting pitchers that, because, again, we're looking at those edge guys, those tweeners in my mind. The pitcher is the example, um, you know, smaller division one is probably on these guys too, whether they've offered or haven't offered. Those are the type of pitchers we're in on. And so I'll, I'll ask, like, what is school A or school B doing with you? What are they telling you? Well, coach, they like me, but they're, they're kind of, they want to see me one more time. And a lot of times, you know what the, the answer here is. They're looking for a little more velocity. Oh, yeah. if you threw 88, 89 instead of 84, 85, we'd probably be recruiting you. I'm like, who gives a toot? If you can't project yeah. out two years from now, you got some problems. Now, again, I, I get it. And since we've become more successful, we're getting more pitchers that are already touching that 88, 89 mark, not sitting there, but touching that. Um, where back 10 years ago, no chance am I getting that guy, not in our program, yeah. you know, yeah. no way. So, so yes, the opportunity to get more velocity, the more successful you are, the higher levels you are, great. But you just, in my mind, the best college coaches out there, the guys that can identify how someone moves, how their body works, and try to look forward. You, you just, you have to be able to do that. Unless you're the, the the big dogs, unless you're the guys that just say, we're going to get the, the guy that throws the hardest, that has the best stuff, using pitchers again as an example, get them to show up and stay out of their way and let them be really, really good. Like so there's man. some programs that can get that kid. Man, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, man, uh, that really makes me feel um like hopeful because I understand the brand of baseball you guys play. And I understand the brand of baseball at, at pretty much all those levels, but I just know this. I remember coaching a while back uh, and we, with, with a, with a D bat team here in, in Dallas and we went to the Connie Mac world series. And it was funny that we had these guys that were high draft guys, top, you know, three rounds, top five round guys that they threw 95. But when we had to win and go play Midland, and we were going to the dude that was 85 to 87. That was a four pitch mix could throw it, you know, in four quadrants. So uh, I want to, I want to take that concept of, of the physical and yeah. say, tell me about the intangibles, because I think that might be a part of your secret sauce. What are the intangibles? What does a guy need to stand out to a, to a coach like you? Yeah, I, I think I'm like most people. I, I get, I get, I get caught up in the physical pieces to the puzzle. I, I really do. I, I'm no different than others. But the older I get, the more that I I tell our assistant coaches, my, my graduate assistant, he's in charge of anybody that reaches out to us. You talk to the coaches. Uh, find out from the club coaches, the high school coaches. Find out about more. And again, like, yes, we're going to still ask, what do you see on the baseball field? What do you see for skill sets? But I want to know more about this kid. You know, what's what's his work ethic? What's he like as a teammate? What's his personality? I've started to ask those questions more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what type of personality does he have? Because uh, it, it starts to identify the qualities that you need when you know the poop hits the fan, right? It's it's sure. who who are you? I referenced Seth Miller earlier. If you if you could picture what Seth Miller would look like from a physicality standpoint on the Mount Rushmore of people that played for me. <laughs> you'd be way off. And Seth, if he ever hears this, will probably chuckle too. I love Seth Miller. He just doesn't look the part, right? He just doesn't look the part. He's he's just kind of that that round mound of uh, of a guy, but he was really physical. He worked his tail off. He had way more strength than people realize, and he had the ability to translate that on the mound um, in a really, really impressive way. Now, again, then you take this part of it, all the mental makeup that that guy had, his personality, how he went about his business. Um, those are things we're trying to dig into. You're, it's not always perfect, but I've certainly spent more time on that type of a guy. Um, I won't say who, but we took a kid in this recruiting class that I think has some of the best intangibles that we've seen where maybe his skill set was lesser than some other guys at his position that we could have recruited. But again, I, I just think that those things rise to the top. And if, again, if, if you're in a good program, and I guess we'll I'd put ourselves in that area, um, the process works. It looks good. And so you get the right type of person that really buys in and wants to be here, like we talked about earlier. Those intangibles might be – now, don't get me wrong. This kid's not a bad player. He's still solid. Sure, um, sure. But we maybe had the opportunity to, 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 to pick somebody else in his class at his spot, and we picked him because 
he had all these other things that we were looking for. And he's checking all those boxes. Is that something you communicate to him? Are you like, hey, absolutely. I think there's something different here? Yep, absolutely. I'm, I'm a, you can probably tell I'm a no BS kind of guy, right? You know right. me. And so right. I say it all the time, like even in recruiting, th this is what you got to work on. You're struggling here. Like I don't, you know, sometimes I can think of a freshman in our program right now. We talked about uh, in recruiting, like I like you. He runs really well. He's got some juice. He's a physical kid. He's a catcher. I'm like, I don't know if you can ever catch. And that's really the mainly the only position he's ever played. He's got some stiff hips. And, but we talked about that. He go, and he kind of remember him asking me, coach, what do you mean? I'm like, well, this is what I'm seeing. I know other schools in our conference are recruiting you and looking at you and they like you. And I do too. I just don't know that if you're a guy for us behind the plate, but we're going to recruit you because if you can't stick back there, you can move somewhere else. Cause you can run, you have that speed. You have some of these wow. other tools. So Wow. Uh, but again, I, I just, I, that's the way I always approach it is just be honest and upfront. And, and then back to the point, they show up here, they're not leaving because they, we talked about all this Man, stuff. They're that. not shocked when we sit down at the end of freshman year or whatever, and, and then say, well, you're, you're struggling with this, you're struggling with that. It's like, well, we probably talked about that in recruiting. And so they're sitting there in my office, like, Yep, I get it. I'm gonna keep working on it. You know, I'm 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 hearing it, man, and I'm hearing I'm hearing this because my wheels are cranking right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm taking notes internally, but I'm like, you're thorough, detail oriented, transparent, um, and I'm I want to I want to I want to lead into the next question and say, uh, talk to me about grades. I mean, like you said, personality and everything. Uh, do you what what part of academics? How do you evaluate the guy because of their grades? Yeah, so th there's a lot of variables here too. Kind of what we have going on on our team. Um, for me, it typically starts. I, we're, we're just recruiting the top end guy, number one. It's the type of school we are. You know, again, I, I think any coach that's had a level of success needs to look at what their school is and who who they are and, and what they do well. You know, there's schools in our conference that are going to be more, you know, that the, the rural type kids, and they're going to be the, the guys that are your golf course management, your, you know, egg, egg program, like whatever it is, right. That's, that's not us. We're not, we're not that school. We're high academic. We're more expensive. We're, we're looking for a type of person that again, for us, we've had a lot of nursing students come through our program. We've had pre-med guys. I've got a handful of doctors that played for me, you know, wow. I mean, it, it's, it's a different level of academics. And so we have to find the right person, not only because, um, of the type of school, but they're not going to be successful. I don't want to set them up for failure if they come here and they're not, and they don't care about school. Now, I'm, again, I don't try to put a GPA on it per se, but I'll, I'm going to give you a great example, Ross. Our, this year's sophomore class, so two years ago, we, we had a really big group. It was the 2022 season, and we were losing a ton of really talented guys that year. So we, had, we brought in a big a big class and some talented, we got lucky with some talented freshmen. Um, so, so anyways, that senior year, those kids, I did the math after we did our, back then it was still called the early signing day. Now it's just the signing day that opens in November, but we signed our, our group of guys. And I think 90% of them were signed at that time. We maybe picked up a guy or two later in the year, but I did the math on their, on their GPA that year of, I think it was 15, you know, incoming freshmen. It was 3.95 was the average <laughs> GPA of the guys in that class. And it was 15. What? crazy right but that's holy cow that's different for us now that's not every year don't get me yeah, wrong. that's insane dude i've never heard that i right and even for an academic school i i just i didn't really think that much about oh. it we just we're looking for guys like that but when when everything signed and delivered we started i started looking at their gpas and i'm like that's holy crap this is crazy so so what is what is what do grades tell you like gpa like like in, in, in high school Awesome. If I'm like a, what do they tell me? What do they say about me? Well, again, I'll, I'll use this example. We, we got a couple of guys coming in in this year's class that because we have some really high achievers academically, I maybe, I let the bar go down just a touch, but we're talking like 3.2, 3.3 GPA guys that we decided to take that we normally wouldn't. We just move on to the guys that are 3.8, 3.9, 4.0 guys. Wow. Uh, but they're really talented. They're good fits for our program. But but here's what I do. If, if you're a guy that's in that world, meaning you're a low 3-point GPA type guy, if you're below a 3.0, we're not going to talk. I, I'm not wasting my time. ACT is important, but, I, but to me, I think the GPA tells so much more of a story. Um, for example, I've always said if, if you're a 28 ACT and you have a 2.8 GPA, it tells me you don't care very much about school. You're wow. not working very hard. That's right. Right? Because you're, you're pretty point. smart. You're a pretty smart dude. The other thing that I'm telling guys, again, if they're not a, a 3.5, 3.6 or higher GPA, 
I want to see their transcript and I want to specifically, I'm going to look at what did their grades look like their, their sophomore or junior year, right? Like you could have a stinker your freshman, freshman year, but then you're starting to show progress. Um, and, it, and this year as an example, some of the 2025 kids that we're talking to, to that are juniors right now, if they're in that lower GPA range and whatever range it is, um, but if they're in the lower GPA range, I just tell them flat out, if we're going to recruit you, I want to see progress from your GPA. I just want to see that GPA rise a little bit. And so I, I tell them at the end of the fall semester and now at the end of the spring, I want to see their, their transcript and just see progress, you know, because if there's not progress, then that tells us something as they get older, they just probably don't care. You know what, Tim, I love that. What you just said is the high test guy, the, the high test score, the low GPA says a lot about work ethic. And I think um, I, I, I want you to really hammer that home is, is you don't just magically turn into a hard worker and co and coaches like you know that right you don't yeah. win with laziness uh talk to me a little bit about that yeah no, no doubt it's i mean pe some people are like oh yeah coaches just say that it's, it's true it, it, it absolutely relates to what's going on in life you know who are you what do you what do you yeah. do you not care it's, it's a care factor there's so many things if you just think about mm -hmm. it, what we do and how we do it do you care if you care, you're going to be way more successful than if you don't care. And, and, and grades is just an example, you know, so if they're not caring about what it looks like in the classroom, I don't need them to get to college and have a 4.0. Like it's not very reasonable at our school to get 4.0 4 or, or even a high GPA. Get a 3.0. Be, be happy with that. That's okay. Don't be perfect. That's the other thing we get sometimes at a school like ours. You don't have to be perfect. So I'm not asking someone in high school to, to, to be perfect. It's okay with, again, failure is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You learn something from it, but don't be okay with a failure situation, whether that's you're a straight A and you get you get a C and you just, you, you kind of punt. You, you figure out why, why you got that and you do something about it. So Love it. The, the why it matters to me is that, um, again, if, if they, I, I just feel that at the high school level nowadays, everybody hates to say the word nowadays, it's not very hard to get a good grades. It just, I'm sorry, but it isn't because- you're Right. We, we live in the world where, you know, if, if, if you got bad grades, your mom and dad are going to go complain to somebody and she's it, it's every, every teacher's trying to do what they can to have you be successful. It's just the truth, know, man. I, everybody oh, wants to boost everybody up. They don't want to push them down to help them learn. I, whatever. So, oh man, that's another topic. So yeah, yeah I, I just no, think, dude, you're a, hey, you are honest. You are honest. Hey, give me three more uh, questions and then coach, I'm going to get you out of here. Cool. Um, I want Nope, I don't want to talk about the transfer portal. I don't. I don't want to talk about that right now. I, I want to know. Okay, Augustana, bottom line is a legit program. Okay, so there should be a ton of guys that are going to watch this. There are going to be a ton of guys that 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 should know who you are. National Coach of the Year, national champions, Augustana. What's the best way for a recruit to get your attention, and how should they let you know uh, that that they're interested in Augustana? Yeah, that's that, to me. That's that's a good question. Really, really easy one. I think that from my experience, what we tend to see as college coaches is not just me. I've, I've done this on some panels with some other college guys. They say the same thing. Most families, whether it's the recruit or the parent, they're waiting for someone to reach out to them. They're they're just waiting for contact, and it it's it can't be that way. It can't. We're not everywhere. We don't know everything. People have to reach out to us. You know, I, I just think at the end of the day. We talked earlier about how we do a good job in our program of, of trying to do some some digging and some research and finding out more about the person. The families, the, the recruits should be doing the same thing. They should be finding out about the type of school they want to be at and then checking into those schools, looking at, you know, how many guys have transferred from that program, asking questions, those kind of things. So to me, it starts with the very initial thing. How do you get our attention? Well, if, it, if it's a game setting, uh, go play the game the right way. Hustle don't pout, don't throw your bats, be a good teammate, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Your physical traits are your physical traits. You can't do anything about them. The weird thing with the game of baseball, everybody knows this, but basketball or football, for the most part, you're going to stand out even if you have your worst game. You just are. Baseball, it's a lot harder to do that. Um, you know, so, so you just have to, you have to do all the other stuff so that if I go watch a kid and I only get to see him one time in a game setting, um, and he just has a crappy game and it didn't work, but you did all the other things right. You handled failure well, you, you were a good team and all that kind of stuff. Um, when I circle back with the coach, because the coach, I was probably there to watch him for a reason. Sure. Um, hey, yeah, he had a crappy game. You're right. Um, it, it, that's not what he normally is. 
okay, great. Then I'll make sure I see another game. Uh, so, so that's number one as far as the, the game settings. Just do things the right way. It doesn't need to be rah-rah. It doesn't yeah. need to be looking – was coach watching me? Just do things right. Um, and then I think the other part is, you know, to let us know that there's some interest. That's that's really important. It's reach out with an email. It shouldn't be just a huge mass email. I'm not saying it can't be the same email that you send to, pl- to multiple places, but the best job you can do of making that – known to me when i read the email that you know something about us i'm going to read through it a little bit more i'm going to dig in one real popular question i ask people especially like they're from your area or from chicago or whatever somebody reaches out to us from a a further away than a than a four-hour ring um do you have a connection to augustana Mm. do you have a connection to sioux falls or south dakota whether that's a family member you know and, and at the end of the day if there's not that's okay but if there's something there, essentially what I'm saying is, why are you interested in us? Why yeah. is there some interest? And then that tells you that that person has done some research. They're familiar with your program. It's because, again, in our chairs now as college coaches, we get a ton of these things every single day. Mm. So what does it look like to reach out and, and have some identifiable traits specific to that person that you're reaching out to? I just think that's really important. Don't get crazy with these long, huge emails. Start with something real simple. If you want to put a video clip or two in there, awesome. If you want to put stats in, whatever, fine. I don't think it's that important. Start with something basic, simple, reach out, um, you know, and then just kind of go from there. Every Pretty much every college has a recruit questionnaire you can fill out and get on their radar that way. So these are just things that, you know, it takes five, ten minutes of, your, of someone's time to, to reach out to a coach or an assistant or whoever. And, and then you can kind of – the other thing I always say in this discussion is most college coaches are going to be pretty honest. Most college coaches, if they feel that you're reaching out to them specifically and it's not just a mass email, they're going to respond to you in some way most of the time. Sure. That's good advice, man. That's really good. Um, quickly, I, I want to know what camps, camps in, in, in the world of recruiting now, I feel like they're getting more and more important uh, due to budgets uh, and, and they're efficient. I mean, just call it what it is. So what role do camps play in your recruiting process, identifying guys? Ooh, yeah, so this is a big question that I, that I get asked a lot. Um, I think it's huge. I really do. But but I also tell guys, recruit specifically in their families, don't go to every camp out there. Don't go to everyone that, that sends you an invite. Uh, make sure that it's a school that you're really interested in. Because at the end of the day, um, for, for me, when someone gets in front of us in person at a camp, it's so different than if I go to a prospect camp at somebody else's place or just a, a prep baseball report or whatever is a pretty nationally known name. Just to use an example, if I go to a PBR event, I can't have contact with the kids. I can't talk to them. I can't tell them, hey, try this, work on this, whatever. But if yeah. you come to one of our camps, and we can just talk to you. We can see you in person. We can, you know, like, I can't tell you how many guys that I'm like, God, he's really close. Let's try this. You know, one of the kids we signed in this class, this is no joke. I, I He came to our camp, and I had seen him in a game, and, and he came our, a lot of times we do our camp at the end of the summer, so it's kind of a last look kind of thing okay. for the senior year, so rising seniors. And a kid came to our camp. I had seen him in a game, and I was kind of, I was probably a no on him. I didn't think we were going to move on him. And ironically, he signed up for the camp to be a catcher and a third baseman. He's a big physical kid. And, um, and and I had known he pitched a little. I think I saw him pitch a little bit in the high school game. And he wasn't going to pitch at camp. And so I'm like, hey, you should maybe – you want to pitch today or not? I'm just, I, Again, I'm, I have to talk to him to have this conversation yeah. for these things to happen. So because he was at our camp, he was in our setting, we could do this. He was clearly interested in us. He ended up signing with us. Sure. Wow. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, I can pitch if you want me. You want to see me, coach? I'm like, yeah, I think so. He gets up there. He's 86 to 88. I think he touched an 89. Good slider. He's 6364. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So We're for sure going to move on you now. But yeah. I, I, no joke, Ross, earlier in the camp, because we invite other colleges around our area, I was talking to some other guys. I'm like, I kind of like this kid. I don't think you're going to move. We're going to move on him. You guys should, you know, I, I really like for what I've seen from him. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we like him, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets on the mound. He does that. I'm like, yeah, we're going to repeat. Yeah, hey, everybody get away. Everybody get away. We're so, going on him. That's an example of how I think it can help in the process, but I but I just don't believe it's important to go to every single thing out there. If you're if you're really interested in a school, you should try your best to get in front of the coaches if you can. The other cool thing, our level, this is way way different than Division three can't do it, Division one can't do it. We can do tryouts, so we can bring one individual person in 
and do a workout with them, which I love doing that. Wow. wow. So, that so, really well. so if, if you're interested in a dude, uh, hey, come throw a bullpen for me. Hey, yeah. come, 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 come get some swings. Do you do that uh, routinely? Uh, way more often than most. It's great That's for us. Awesome. Uh, again, another real quick story. I'm too much of a story guy, but our love it. Our catcher, he's a pro guy. He's a slam dunk pro guy. I think some scouts missed on him this past year. Dre Dirksen. Wow. Dre Dre's senior summer. He came to our camp. He went to another school in our conference's camp. I won't say who. And they told him absolutely not. He's catch and throw wise. He's physically six four. He's now two ten. Or he back then he was like two hundred. He's now like 220, 225, Big physical big old dude. But he looked good catch and throw, but his swing was it was jacked up. It was a mess. And I'm even me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I like to teach Hitty, but holy cow. Yeah. So, so I told Dre after the camp, I'm like, hey, let's let's come back. Him and his dad came back to campus. We did a one-on-one tryout and uh did all the paperwork and did all that stuff. And 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 I wanted to see if if we can make this correction in that kind of a setting, I feel really good that you're gonna be able to make this correction over a couple of years in our program. And again, like he's a he's hit 17 home runs, you know, last year, 16 the year before. It's just he looks different. He's a Division One player, but wow. the point is, we recruited him because I got to see him a second time in an individual workout, um, and I just I thought that he could make some adjustments, and he has over his career. He really has, and that's what that baseball is. is. Some kids can't do it, so that one on one interaction. Again, we're fortunate at the Division Two level; we can do that where other places can't. But that's hey. something. We like. I know. I know. You probably talking about that snap, right? That launch angle. I'm not going to get into that. He was. Uh, he was really long arm action. It just like, thank God he got to see some some pitchers at his high school level that threw 78 to 80 because he cleaned up on those guys. But he, yes, yes. He All right, Coach, make a change. Coach Uber. One more question, and yeah. then we'll wrap it up, man. The last question I have for you. Uh, you're probably going to have to. Uh, you're probably going to hate me for this, but what advice do you have for parents? when it comes to the college recruiting process? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this. One thing I, I hear a lot, a lot. <laughs> oh, we, we, this is their decision. We want them to make the decision. Fine, fair. They're, they're going to be grown men here soon. They should do that. But you're the parent. You're, you're the parent. So if I'm sitting here and you're the parent, Ross, I'd say help your kid with the process. Help them understand some things that you're hearing from different places. Don't just throw it on them. You make the decision, you live with it, you go there. Yeah, I, I mean, again, yes, I think that's the most important thing. But I just think that parents should do a good job of educating themselves and helping educate their son with the decision they make. Because, again, at the end of the day, it should be a four-year decision. It just should. You're making a decision that's a really important part of your life. And in my mind, last time I checked, a 45-year-old or you know, 45 year old or 40-year-old, 50-year-old, whatever person should have more life experience than a 17 or 18 year old. So help them with the process. I I just think that's really important. At the end of the day, don't be too involved. So I'm going to flip exactly what I just said the other way around and put some ownership on your son. I I think that's where the role is. Uh, That's where it can kind of blend together a little bit, be part of it, but put something on them, tell them to ask the questions. And I, and I don't get me wrong. I think it's great when parents are on visits and they ask questions. I really do because 17 year olds just sit there and, and twiddle their thumbs when you ask if they have questions. Yeah. Hey, um, do, do, will, do you, is it, do you recruit the parents? Cause I've heard that before. Hey, uh, we recruit the family. We, we're not just recruiting the kids. You're recruiting the family. Any, any truth to that? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's no brainer. I, I, I'd like to think we've got a pretty good family thing going in, in our program. Um, um, I mean, it, it depends, I think, is the answer there. If there's not a previous relationship with the parent, and a lot of times, again, I've been old enough now, I've got a lot of relationships, there's more conversations with the parents um, along the way. But if I don't know the parents at all, I'm me personally, I'm, I'm probably not talking to them a ton outside of that recruiting visit. Now, if they have stuff for me, I always say, feel free to reach out. Yes. Um, so maybe we're different than others. I'd, I'd be curious to, to, to listen to you or talk to you later after you've interviewed a bunch of college coaches on if they're doing things differently than me. But I think from my end, it's, it's, I got to get to know the person that I'm spending a ton of time with. And that's yeah. that 17 year old. Um, but, but yes, in certain scenarios, we do find out that mom and dad are maybe more involved than they need to be. That still might be a red flag, to be honest, yeah. At the college level. It's, it's different than high school. So I don't worry about it too much. Um, but yeah, there, there's some there's some stuff there to to think about. I guess from a parent perspective, man, walk that line, be involved, but don't 
don't go crazy. Let, let your kid be a kid. Let him start to, to become a grown man. And at the end of the day, for me, I think the short answer to your question is I, I don't tend to do a ton of recruiting of the parents unless I have a prior, prior relationship. That, that, that tells me so much about you, though. And, and, and uh, I think how I interpret that is your relationship with the student athlete is the one that matters. And if that student athlete isn't going to have the courage to have the relationship back with you, it's probably not going to work anyway. Um, man, Tim, you this has been awesome. Awesome. I, I have one request before we, we end this. I think I see a Natty trophy in that background there. Is that a natty yeah, trophy? Oh, it is. Yeah, you, you want to see it? You that? bring that bad boy to the camera and you give him a hug for us. Oh, guys, yeah, guys, cool. look at this. Woo-wee! Oh, that's look it. at that. And, and the oh. ring, the ring, the ring was behind me. So that that I don't see how well you can see it, but that was that was. I I, I I cannot tell you enough, Tim. How, dude, what you've done at Augustana so proud to have connections with with you i'm so proud to be your friend but i'm i'm like you have made so many people proud of augustana and the group and the men that you've created uh that, that have gone through that process and and man i am just so thankful uh that you spent took the time to to drop some knowledge for for our uh you know for our our families and, and that, that are going to be you know watching this and uh, man i i cannot thank you enough because uh you are one of the best, not just Division Two. You're one of the best college coaches. Period. You deserve all the credit, and I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to see how you guys do in 2024. So that said, Tim, thank you, thank you, thank you, man, for 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 jumping on with us today, and uh, and I wish you the very best of luck in in, in the spring season. Okay, man. Yeah, appreciate the kind words. It's been a been a fun ride here, and and I'll end it with uh, the recruiting thought for anybody. My, my last piece of advice: don't get caught up in the number after the D. It can be a three, a two, a one, and the IA JUCO. Look, look at a fit for you, and enjoy yes, the process. Awesome, awesome. All right, Tim. Hey, we will again. I want to thank Coach Huber for taking some time to talk with us. Go give Augustana baseball a follow on X Twitter and Instagram at Augie Baseball. That's at A-U-G-I-E Baseball. And for more information on Augustana Baseball, visit GoAugie.com. I'm your host, Ross Hawley with College Recruit Prep. And on behalf of Showcase and College Baseball, I want to thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Showcase and College Baseball group page on Facebook or visit us at collegerecruitprep.com for more of our podcasts and content. We will see you next time.